worship and praise and magnify the Lord. Let there be worship in our hearts, Lord. Let there be praise unto heaven. And we thank you for all the great things you've done and all the things that you're doing and planning to do, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God Almighty. Blessed art thou, my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a Bible, I'd like you to turn to the book of Revelation. I'm very happy to be in house of the Lord this morning to experience what we're experiencing. The fourth, the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation. Beginning with verse 1, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. That is the last book of the Bible. Fourth chapter, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I want to preach for a little while this morning on going forward to the open door. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. When Moses had received his many years of instruction out in the desert, and he'd had his experience with the burning bush to the point that he was given instructions, training, teaching, and final disciplines from the Lord, and a commission and a charge to go to Egypt, go back to Egypt for the
purpose of bringing people out of Egypt, to bring them out of unbelief and doubt and fear and a sinful lifestyle from all the wrong things that were have had 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 for over 400 years such a negative influence on the people of the Lord. They were in a state or a condition to where they needed to come out of and go in a, into a direction that the doors would open for them to worship the Lord, to serve Him, and to live for Him all the days of their life, that they might uh, be that depository or that safe or deposit place for the truth that what God was going to had already started to invest in them. They find themselves down in a place where they're not properly applying what all God had placed in them, and it wasn't being used the way it should be used. And they were really in slavery and in bondage, the Scripture teaches. And God, that was not God's intention. But it certainly did serve a good purpose when they found themselves under the heavy load of sin and unbelief, doubt, and fear, and those negative influences of the world around them, the worldly people, the worldly-minded people, the carnal-minded people, people who were constantly minding the carnal store but were neglecting the spiritual store. And uh, the Lord sent Moses down there, and he went to the leadership. He showed them and spoke to them as God had directed him to do. And in his worry and his concern and maybe his own feelings of his inadequacy as he expressed he was slow of speech, often interpreted to mean that he stuttered. And God said, I made the mouth and I made the tongue, and you don't need to question anything, but just to give you a little help, I'll give you your brother. It's nice to know that God adds people to the church to be a help. A lot of people get involved with, you know, titles and positions and wanting this and wanting that. Please remember, at the bottom of it all, it's all about you being a help, okay? You can be a deacon, but that means helper. There is gifts of the Spirit. One of them is the gifts of helps, okay? So it's, it's really good to come in on the proper entry point, and no matter how much uh, God will do in your life, remember that the, the crux of it, the theme of it, the foundation of it is that you are to be a helper, okay, a helper. Uh, wasn't it Aaron and her? Uh, first, Aaron was appointed to be, uh, as the Lord said, I'll provide him to be a mouthpiece. I'll, help, I'll put him there to help you in those moments when you feel like you're a little tongue-tied. I'm going to give you somebody here that will be a little smoother of tongue, shall we say. And uh, he's going to be a helper to you. But how much it was manifest that when they came out of Egypt, having obeyed what the Lord said through the, through the prophet, and that was Moses, and how they begin to come out, three million strong. Mixed among them were people of the Egyptian that did not want to be an Egyptian anymore. They did not want to reside in that lifestyle anymore. They did not want to worship the sun or the moon or the stars or the Nile River. Uh, they didn't want to worship uh, different gods that had been made with hands. And people bowed down to them and observed them. They did not want that. They wanted to go serve the one true living eternal God the invisible God. They wanted to go, and they did. They did go with the church out of Egypt. And going out of Egypt on the heels of 10 uh, miracles, shall we say, 20 actually, because he would start them and he would end them. But after all of those miracles, then they came to an obstacle. And the first thing they wanted to do was to turn back. 
and they thought, my goodness, we need to go back to Egypt. We, we've made a mistake here. The enemy is after us. They're going to they're gonna get us. They're going to whoop us. They're going to kill us. This is not a good thing. Maybe we should go back and make peace and make concession with them. But uh, the, the Moses and Aaron, they realized the spirit that was attacking the congregation, and they fell on their face before the Lord. They began to intercede and begin to pray. And God's answer was, get up and tell my people to go forward. There's no such thing as going backward. We're not even going to uh, think about that. We're going to not meditate on that. We're not going to let that thought enter into our thinking. We're going to go forward here. The open door is going forward. I've said it before you. I want you to go forward. And they said, well, we see a Red Sea. And God said, yeah, and I'm going to part the Red Sea for you. Go toward the open door. Go forward. That's where the door is that will be open. It's forward. It's not backward. The bridge has to be burned behind you. Those doors are gone. There is no going back. But there is going forward. There is going forward. Upon going forward, of course, the Lord opening that, that door for them and the Red Sea parted and even sent a wind, kind of like we got this morning going on out there, right? And it, uh, but it was even fiercer, and it, it dried the riverbed. And so they went through without sinking into the mud and uh, got on the other side. And what about my enemy? What about my old sins? What about uh, all of the, the baggage that I had in my life? What about all of that stuff? And the Bible said that the Red Sea closed up and they saw them no more. I want you to understand that in going forward, the things when you are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's what it was a shadow and a type of or a preview of, and that was that Moses as a type of the Savior, the Christ, the Deliverer, that he brought the people through the water. They were baptized unto Moses in the sea, and that is your shadow and type of being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And we what got buried was the old Egyptian nature, all the old ways, all the old habits, all the old thoughts, all of those sins and sinful lifestyle was completely buried under the water. That's what happens when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water. We're burying that old sinful nature and lifestyle, and you don't go back. You go forward. You go on to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You follow and you get the water of life, the Holy Ghost. And that's what happened to them. They went on from baptism and that's what you should do. But it's not enough. You got to be born of water, yes, but you must be born of the Spirit. And when they were parched and thirsty and they'd gone as far as they could go under the steam of being baptized, then the Bible said that the water gushed out of the rock and there was a river and they bathed in it they swam in it they washed in it they were refreshed by it and that's what the Holy Ghost does that's what it does amen you know when I when we came in the church and uh, it's all brand new to us we were not Bible readers or studiers we had not gone to churches that as young people that taught the Bible and uh, we'd been a long time away from anything like that, even, even false teaching. It's been a, a long time away from any of that. And uh, when we first were witnessed to and we went to the church and we got baptized in Jesus' name, well, I was just so happy. And the Lord had called me to preach, and I, 
I was so thrilled and happy. And every, everywhere I worked, I, I witnessed to people and I talked to people. And I was inviting everybody to church and telling them how to be saved. And, and you know, you can get very excited in the beginning here, and you should. But I'm saying in that enthusiasm, that excitement of, of believing and repenting and being baptized in Jesus' name, it can get, if you're not careful, a little distracted by the, the blessing of that, the happiness of that, the goodness of that, and, uh, uh, and, and you kind of get a little distracted about, hey, you know, somebody said to me, when are you going to get what you're witnessing and preaching about? When are you going to get the Holy Ghost? And, you know, it almost didn't even hit me. I was just so effervescent, so bubbling up with the happiness and the joy of the services and the singing and going on the job and witnessing the people and everything going on. I was just, you know, it was all there. But, but I thought, but there was still the Holy Ghost to receive. And, and I remember that the Lord let a little something happen in my life, and uh, it caused me to, to feel very burdened. And I went to the church house, and I went there thinking that I was going to pray for the people who had spoken so uh, adamantly against being baptized in Jesus' name and against living for God and former friends and, and even former boss and, and even a man that, I, that felt like I should be indebted to him because he helped me get a job, and, I, and, and he wanted to know why I wouldn't bet anymore, and he got mad at me about that, and he got mad about everything that was good was happening in my life. And because the reason was, somebody asked me, they said, why wouldn't everybody want to bring their children to you? Look at the track record. And I said, because when, when people come, children come, and they start getting changed for the good, there's a lot of parents that get real convicted. You know, they, all of a sudden there's a bright light in their home. You know, and the bright light is not a television. It's their kids praying, reading their Bible, and getting ready for church. And it's a much brighter light. And it certainly does a whole lot better for you as an individual and your home. And so uh, I remember that uh, I went to the church house and I was burdened down. I thought I was going there to pray for them. And I got to the church house. It was an off night. The door was locked and I just slumped down. Nobody even knew where I was. I, couldn't, I didn't even go back home after, the, after that encounter with them after they just pummeled me with all kinds of negative words and thoughts and ideas and belittled everything and made fun. Oh, they told me Moses didn't see a burning bush. It was a flying saucer that came from outer space. Now, that's amazing what people will believe. And then it becomes amazing what they won't believe. You know, they can believe a flying saucer came, but they can't believe that God did that. It becomes rather amazing uh, the things that, that the people's minds will wrap around. And it becomes so easy for them to believe nonsense and remains so difficult for them to believe the truth of the Scripture. It does not have to be that way, though. You can turn that around if you'll start heading towards the open door in the right direction and begin to get out of Egypt and away from its influences. Quit hanging out in those places and around those people, and you begin to move away from. They begin a trek and a journey, and, and the devil did not want to let them go. And every time uh, God performed a miracle by the prophet, and Pharaoh would soften up and say, all right, go ahead and take him and go. And then he'd get hard again, and he'd stop him from going. And until and finally that, that plague came where God sent the death angel through the land and Pharaoh's firstborn in his bedchamber died and then Pharaoh said get out of here go 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 and so they left but that it, it didn't stop did it he got all stirred up again after about two or three days and he said let's go get him let's go out and that's what happens when you start making steps away from a worldly environment influence and attitude and former lifestyle 
There are those spirits that rise up and they rise up through people and they don't want to see you not doing drugs anymore. You think the pusher likes it when you say, I don't need that anymore and he realized he just lost like $100,000 this next year because you're not going to be buying that junk. Don't you understand that there are people that have vested interests and that happened in the New Testament when they said that we're not going to worship this God that you've carved out of stone and say it's some meteor that fell to the earth and you made some God out of it. We're not doing that anymore. We're worshiping the one true wise eternal God. And these guys were going around silversmiths and they were making things to hang around your neck and put on your wrist, put on your finger, put on your toes. And now all of a sudden they got a whole bunch of people in town and said, no, 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 those aren't my gods anymore. My God is the living God. I serve the invisible one. His name is Jesus Christ. And I'm not going, they lost money. They didn't like that. They didn't like that. So there are people that feel like they're losing because you're gaining, <laughs> because you've gotten delivered. You don't need that junk anymore. You know, and God will restore that nostril for you. And God will balance out the chemistry in your body. And God will take care of your, your heart, your mind. And he'll put things to working correctly. He will do that for you. And so they came out and they begin to move forward and they got baptized and then they received the Holy Ghost all in shadow and type and they were being sustained by the Lord the Lord was whole people looked and said how can you do this how, how can you possibly I was just told about a man that he worked six days a week and uh, he went to his boss and he said I will no longer work on Saturdays going to cost him $16,000 a year that's how much 52 Saturdays a year bring into him and that's the hit he's going to take on his, his salary and income. And the reason, the motive that he told his boss he would no longer work Saturdays, because he said, I'm going to go knock doors. I'm going with the church, and I'm going to meet them, and I'm going out with them. And I'm not missing any more Saturdays to work. I'm, my work is to go help the church knock doors. Imagine that. Oh, you can get very excited about this. You can get very stirred up. And they've threatened to fire him. They've called his house. They're making all kinds of threats. And he says, nope. Nope, ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'm going out. I'm going with the church. That's what I'm doing. You know, God sees that. God inspires that. He sees how you react to things. His spirit is great and mighty. And they were baptized. They were full of the Holy Ghost, and they were heading towards the promised land. They were getting closer, step by step, inch by inch, day by day, to the church, to the place of promise, to the place where God said, I'll provide the houses. And I'll provide the milk and the honey. And I'll provide the food to eat. And I'll provide this. And I'll make this happen. And you're going to go in and inherit it. You're going to look around and say, man, I didn't do nothing. God just did this. Oh, yes, God does do those things. If you keep moving forward, if you keep hearing the voice that's saying, I'm opening a door, come on, it's always up. The door that God opens, the one that shuts behind you becomes the lesser. The door that opens in front of you becomes the greater. God always does that. You want to work with that, which God is doing. God is doing. So when they, unfortunately, there were those people who when they got right to the river of Jordan, and Moses said, I want a, one of each tribe, one capable individual from each tribe. Twelve of you will go over across the river, Jordan, and you will go in to the promised land. 
And when you get in there, you will spy out the land. You will check it out, and you will come back and give us a report because this is where God wants us to go. So let's have a little advance team here that will go forward and check things out and come back and give us a report. Ten of the spies came back and gave an evil report. Ten of the spies came back and said it's too much work. It's too much of a challenge. Ten of the spies came back and showed from their hearts by their words and their actions that they weren't going forward, that they were wanting to go backwards. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They said, man, come on, remember this and remember that and remember the other. And you know the devil's going to do that from time to time. He's going to tell you about where they're, where they're shooting the craps and where they're shooting the other kind of stuff and where they're doing this and where they're doing that. And this is going on and look what's coming out of Hollywood. We need to go back. We need to go back. We need to go back. And two spies stood up, two of the tribe, and they said, no, 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 no. It's all in front of us. It's all there. Look at the fruit we brought back. It took two of us to carry what just one little sample of what the Lord has for us over there. They saw it differently. They saw promise. They saw reward. They saw blessings. They saw the will of God. They went, they saw that door, and it's open. The door is open, and he's told us to come on up to that open door and they were in the spirit the others were in the flesh and so God said hey Moses I want you to take a vacation and while you're vacation I'm going to wipe them out <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset with them and Moses fell on his face before God and interceded and said God come on spare them spare them Lord and he gave them all kinds of good reasons and uh and, of course, God knew all that before it ever happened. And you know that God knew that because you know that I know that God knows that you know that I know, right? Okay. Borrowed that from my pastor, and I'll keep that with me. I pray till I go. All right. So the Scripture teaches that uh, God said, fine, all right, I'm not going to kill them. He said, but they're going to they're walk in circles the rest of their lives. They're going to go around and around in the wilderness. And it was called the wilderness of sin, believe it or not. And they're going to go around and around and around. And they're going to go around in circles until they die. And their bleached bones are going to be right there in that wilderness. He said, but, he said, my two servants that came back with that good report, he said, they're going to lead the generation, the younger generation. They're going to lead them over into the promised land. And that's why we have the book of Deuteronomy. That's the book I'm going to read out of right now. That literally means the book of the second law. It means it was the same law, but it was read the second time. It was given in Exodus, the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments and the teachings that were given. That's known as the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And that, that book, Exodus, it started in there. But then now we're in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, and he's saying, i got to tell him again. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if it only had to be said twice, that would be a great advancement. But I find it has to be said a whole lot more than twice. But this was the, the book of the second law. This is the second time. And here's what uh, Moses was instructed the people. And he said to them, and listen, I just want to give you the one verse. But he said, but he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return 
to Egypt. He was saying about if you're gonna, he was telling them you're gonna have a king one day. You're gonna desire to be in some regards like the other nations. You're gonna want a king. And he said, and when he he becomes the king, he said, he is not to cause you to go backwards. He is not to take you back to Egypt. You are not to go back to that lifestyle. You are not to go back to that style of living. You are not to go backwards at all. I'm telling you, we are appointed to go forward. We are appointed to get in the spirit and go upward and go forward into the open door that God has for us. Let's not go back to their music. Let's not go back to their diet. Let's not go back to their fashions. Let's not go back to the way they do it. Let's go forward. That's where the open door is. Going forward to God's open door is what you want to do. So you want to advance from unbelief to belief or faith. And then you want to advance through believing or through faith and trust and confidence to being to repent of your sins. And after you've repented of your sins and you've cut it off, then you want to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon of all those sins. And God said, I'm going to, just like the Red Sea, they're going to be gone. You're not going to see that anymore. That's the way it's to be, not see that anymore. Not have nothing to do with that anymore. It's out of your life. You're moving forward. And you want to move forward at a steady growth and pace. And the next thing you move forward to and advance to is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You begin to praise God. The Bible said how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask Him. You begin to ask Him. You begin to thank Him. You begin to praise Him. And you make sure when you're doing it you're moving forward. That you're moving away from the darkness and you're getting further into the light. That you're moving away from the old way you did things into the learning the new way to do things. How does the church do it? How is it taught. Come on. The Bible said, uh, teaches us that there were those that came to worship Jesus Christ when he had come in the flesh as a, a young boy at the house. And they came to the house because the star, the angel, the messenger led them. And when they came, the Bible said, uh, upon seeing him and worshiping him, that they left out another way. You don't go back the same way after your encounter with Jesus Christ. You get born again. You're going to forward. You're going to new way. Going to be a brand new you walking in those shoes. You're going to be a brand new person. And you're going to learn and grow in grace and knowledge and submit yourself to the teachings from Romans to Revelation. Just like got a little we did have, I guess it seems oh, there she got a little a little baby there. A little, log, a little uh, Longoria baby. And uh, that baby's going to learn how mom and pop Longoria do it around the house. And if he thinks he's going to go running out the door and running across the street, he's going to find out we don't do that. If he thinks that he's going to, you know, break windows, we don't do that. If you think you're going to throw food at your older brother, we don't do that. He's going to find out how mom and pop teach it. And so it is when we come into the church. God is our father, the church is our mother. And when we, when we get born into the household by being baptized in Jesus' name, born again of water, by receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, born again of the Spirit, then we become a new babe in the household of God on a local level at the church here, and you begin to learn some things we don't do. Somebody said that um, 
said one of our uh, young men said uh, the mother said well you know he's going to marry my daughter he said I I want to I want to meet him and I, of course you want to meet the young man of course you do you want to make sure his intentions are right and he has the recommendation and the approval of the church and all of that said and I want to meet his mother I said fine tell her at the wedding she'll meet uh, his mother I said I'll be happy to introduce her to Senior Sitzfeld hmm? said wait a minute she's white and he's black so what who's looking at color I'm not talking about color I'm not talking about anything like that I'm not talking about height or weight or, or wealth or not or intelligence or talent I'm not talking about any of those things I'm talking about lots of times you come, people come to the church and you come like an orphan and the, and the background is gone it gets wiped out it's just not there anymore and you, and, and you look to the church you look to the leadership you look to God you look to the word this becomes your family brother weekly said that a couple of weeks ago this is your family this is what and you've got to put the church first Jesus must be first not Jesus in the abstract but Jesus through the system of the church that he set up there is a way and you learn how mom and pop do it you learn how the visible leadership does it and that's how you learn how the spiritual leadership does it and you begin to be a part as a son and daughter of God in obedience and subjection and sincerity and you learn we don't do that we do it this way that's what Romans and Revelation is all about it's to teach you now that you're a brand new babe in Christ Jesus. You know? All right. You can be seated. So you begin to learn. You begin to learn. And what I want you to learn this morning is that the open door, the greater door, is set before you. And the Lord said, a door that I've opened, he said, nobody shuts that door. Nobody. I don't care how big and how bad that spirit is. It tries to rise up through something. Remember Herod? That old devil, that serpent, he tried to rise up through Herod and said, I'm going to throw, I'll figure a strategy. I'll allure them in here because they all love a party. I'll get them all in here. To, oh, I'll serve the kind of artery-clogging southern fried chicken they just love. I'll get everything that I know will attract their flesh. Doesn't that sound like Egypt with the garlics, the leeks, and the onions? And oh yeah, and he threw a big old birthday bash and he sent the word and all them silly old women. You ever read about silly women in the Bible? Oh yeah, laden down with sin, led away with the error of the wicked. Oh yeah. And they said, Woo, yeah, birthday party. Grab up your little dolls and let's go. Well, the thing is, they only saw the billboard. They didn't see what was behind the billboard. They didn't see to the, the root of the problem, the spirit behind it, the motivation. Herod's thinking and motivation was. I get them all here. I'm going to kill all them kids. I'm going to kill every one of those boys. Because one of them is the Christ. Because you know them wise men, they mocked me. I told them to come back and tell me where he was at so that I might go worship him with my sword and my soldiers. And But see, the Bible said they, those wise men went out another way. They didn't go back. They didn't come back. They went forward to the open door. And that's what I'm telling you. People are always going to want you to come back. They want you to be like them. They want you to drip in the sin and the mud and the lust and the filth and, the, and everything that they put on people. But you going forward. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. God has set an open door. I got a brand new life. I got a brand new hope. I got a brand new opportunity. I won't have shackles and chains and bondage anymore. I don't need any of that junk anymore. It's killing me. While you're standing, let me tell you of my pastor. <laughs> baptized at 5 see the Holy Ghost at 16 
between 5 and 16, he lived a very sinful life. And uh, so he got 16 years old. He went to the church house. Probably the church house was an outdoor brush arbor. And he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord showed him immediately what he was to do. And he was rebaptized because he said all those years between 5 and 16, he said, I lived a bad life. So he was rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of his sins. And having received the gift of the Holy Ghost and called to preach, he began to train under his pastor. And uh, he told me, he said, you know, everything then was like here. It was a lot of farming, a lot of farming. And uh, he lived on a farm. And he said that, uh, he said, every morning, you know, you get up early and you would have your, your breakfast. And he said, and then you go out and you'd work a full half a day. I mean, almost eight hours. And you'd come back and have your main meal. He said, but you know, he said, in the mornings, we always had coffee. And he said, it was a kind of coffee that you could float a horseshoe in. I mean, it was the real thing. You know, it was like mud. <laughs> and uh, I'm not preaching against coffee, okay? Not at all. So don't go off somewhere on me, okay, with a crazy wild hair thought. I'm telling you his testimony. And he said every day at a certain time, around 10, 11 o'clock, he'd get a roaring headache if he didn't have that coffee. Now am I getting down a wee? Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, so he got up the morning after receiving the Holy Ghost. And he said, okay. He said, we're going to see if this thing works. He said, because if I'm going to fast, he said, I can't be getting that roaring headache at 10, 11 o'clock every morning, that migraine, as we call it today. And so he said, that time came, and that time went, and there was no headache. And he said, all right, God. He said, that's great. And he just went on from there. Now, suppose we substitute the coffee that seems so little to us. When we're not really talking about the coffee, we're talking about the addiction, by the way. But let's just reduce, move the coffee out of the equation. And let's put in crack cocaine. Let's put in cigarettes. Let's put in alcohol or any other such thing, that like thing. Then you understand what I'm saying. That you get up the next morning and you look and say, wow, that handcuffs are gone. I don't have any shakes. Woo! I don't have delirium tremens anymore. I don't need that old junk going on anymore. Here or here. I don't need it. I'm delivered. I'm free. I'm going through an open door. Here. Now I got down to where you live. Now that's something you can identify with. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, I remember he also told me that one day his mother fell sick. And he said he got up early in the morning, walked out on the old farm, and he out there and the sun was getting ready to come up and he had prayer and he said alright God he said let's see if this thing works and he prayed for his mother and he went back and that raging fever was gone right then he said okay God you know this is for real this is not fake you can put this to the test God said prove me prove me I've known, a, I've known just like that man said I ain't going in on Saturday and I'm not telling everybody to go do that I'm telling you what he did his testimony he said I'm going to knock doors you know God is going to take care and if you got to go through a place of testing then you go through it with your head up your shoulders back believe in God this will work and God will take care of it he knows how to run his business you got to throw out the what if and you got to believe God so you go forward. Book said, God said, I open that door. Nobody shuts it. Amen. He knows how to open the greater door for you. He told many of our young people, you lose a job, let the door shut behind you. You go through the next open door. And when God opens that one, the job will be better. It'll be better. In God's eyes, it'll be better. 
You don't measure it in human reasoning and human standards. In God's eyes, it will be better. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to lift our hearts with our hands. We're going to love him. And I praise you, Jesus. I want to go forward, Lord. I want to get away from Egypt. I want to get away from the old lifestyles. I want to go forward in the Holy Ghost, Lord. I want that open door. I want to believe you, trust you, and obey you, Lord. I want to prove you. I want to give my 10% plus. I want to give tithe and offering. I want to do the right thing, Lord. I will put you to the test and see that this thing works. God said, I'll work. Who will stop it? Nobody stops God. Let's begin to gather in. Come on. Holy Ghost. I daily meet the foe. I'm out there on the battlefield. At times I stand alone. That's when I reach for my holy armor. I pick up my Come on, we're praying here. Faith. I march out on Thank the you, battlefield. Jesus Take we up give you my praise. sword and Thank you, Lord, for this young lady being here. We give you praise. We give you praise. Under the Lord and the burden here, Lord. Oh, brand new one, God. We're going forward here. We're going forward. We're going forward. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. Come on. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Put happiness in my heart. Put happiness in my heart, Lord. You know the road is hard, but it's not too long. I worship you, Lord. this woman. Help her open her understanding of beautiful truth. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks and praise in the name of you, in the name of you. You are God, Lord. You're the Savior, Lord. You're the Deliverer, Lord. You have all the answers here, helping this heart, pulling her close to you, Lord. Come on, God, a Holy Ghost experience, beautiful move of God. We give you thanks. We give you praise. I worship you, Lord. Touch the shepherd. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I want you, Lord.